Hi, I'm Regina Davis. And I'm Patrick Coleman. Welcome to Entrepreneurship Wisdom to Wealth. Thank you for um, agreeing to, you know, participate in this and just kind of give some of your wisdom. Um, so you are with Black Star Companies. And so we just wanted to first find out, how did you get started? Uh, in the in the world of business? Yes. Um, my parents were entrepreneurs. Uh, my grandfather on my dad's side, he was an entrepreneur as well. He was a photographer uh, in Muskegon. So I've always had uh, people in my family who were, you know, not only employed, but also self-employed. You know, they had a they had a business on the side. So uh, learn from them. My mom worked at General Motors in Grand Rapids. Uh, she was a, a sewer, a seamstress, I guess you call them, on the line, make some of the car seats. But my mom and dad were also licensed cosmetologists. So they owned a beauty shop on Fuller. Um, so they had a beauty shop and we, um, and my mom worked at, at General Motors. So, you know, that was normal. That was a normal part of my life was people working and having a business growing up. So I got started. She got it. Me got me started uh, actually in the beauty shop. Uh, they bought me a vending machine, so it was my responsibility to keep the vending machine up to date and uh, and working properly. So that was probably back. I think I was in like sixth or seventh grade. Long time ago, huh? <laughs> yes, maybe <laughs> a very long time ago. So this has really been in your blood. Is basically what you're, what you're telling. Yeah, I, w I would say that. Yeah, just you know the uh, the desire to to do things a little bit differently, you know, than to just have a job. But being an entrepreneur really is a job. I mean, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, so th this is some of the things that we like to share with uh, some of our viewers because our audience is people who are um, just thinking maybe about becoming an entrepreneur, some who are already doing their thing, some people wanting to turn some of their side hustles into um, something that they really do. They found that it's something that they love. And so I know that you've been in the construction business for several years now. So, and, and I do know that you also had um, not only that vending machine you're talking about, you also had a bookstore at some point. Right. So I, I evolved throughout the years, but when I say a job, I mean a job is somewhere where you go, you put in hour, you put in time and you get paid for your time. Being an entrepreneur, you may not have that. <laughs> that's not a direct correlation. That's our, that's our, that's what we dream of, and that's what we desire, is to receive money for our time or selling our product or service. But you're not guaranteed that, you're taking a risk. So when I say a job, there's a direct correlation to what you do and what you receive. So, but yeah, so um, I had a, uh, after the vending machine, I, I started selling popcorn on a um, popcorn, uh, I would call it a cart first. So we did that and then I graduated from a cart into a, a popcorn wagon. So all that happened between the age of, uh, I would say seventh grade and, and just about the summer before my ninth grade year in high school. 
So uh, that was the earlier years. And then uh, after college, I, I came home and we opened the bookstore, Images Books on uh, Franklin and Eastern. So we were a black, uh, we focused on African-American uh, titles and authors at the bookstore. Uh, and we did that for about three or four years before Barnes and Noble uh, opened in uh, Grand Rapids. So once once the super, the, the, the uh, you call them, I forgot, but like a Walmart, but the, book, the big box bookstores came and kind of killed us in our niche yeah. with the bookstore. Let me let me let me ask you this. You mind? You don't mind if I call you Les, do you? No, not at all. Okay. Um, it, it seems you know from from that brief introduction that you, your pedigree is uh, entrepreneurship. Um, do you consider what you do a job, or do you consider it work? Um, what I do currently, I consider it a a business. Okay. 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 Um, it's the definitely it's 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 not a job, right? But it, it's it, it's a lot more than a job. Got you, got you. And that's why I asked that question, Les, because um, as Regina said, some of our listeners and viewers they may want to know uh, the difference between the two and how they can be inspired uh, just by what you're sharing. Uh, to turn something around in them, to open something up in them, to spark something in them, to say, let me take this and turn it into something like Les uh, has stated into a business. What would be that inspiration if you had to share that with someone? You definitely have to do what you love. Um, you can't be in something just for money. If you're in it for money and you're not successful, then you, you won't keep going when times get tough and get rough, which they do. They get rough and they get tough probably every other day. So you have to do what you love in order to want to uh, raise it, make it better, and to ultimately succeed to whatever your your point of uh, what you view, what you view as success is. You know, um, everyone has different goals. Everyone has different visions of success. Um, and those change daily, probably, or not daily, but they change often, or at least they change with age. Uh, so you have to recognize what those are and then realize that it takes a lot to get there for the most. And can someone pull, less from the last statement you just made, can someone pull uh, success from that? and use that as a catapult or a catalyst to get them to the their desired goal? I would say you would need to. Um, over the years, I was, I was talking to someone earlier today. I said, when I was 21, my goal, my goal, what I thought success would be was to be retired by the time I was 45. Uh, now at 53, it is to do what I love to do, to make enough money, um, to live comfortably, and to most importantly have control of my time. So some people would say that is the same, you know, as being retired, uh, uh -huh. but it isn't because I'm still working. Right. And, but I'm working and I'm doing what I love to do. So I guess, as an entrepreneur, you have to always be quick 
and have the ability to quickly adjust and be lean with what you're doing so that you can adjust for whatever changes come around. So my definition of success has changed over the years. It wasn't something that came quickly, but it was something that I realized that I had to adjust it or I would be very, uh, I wouldn't be as happy as I am today doing what I do, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, and I had just one more question, uh, Les. In, in the heightened state of this culture, as, as a black man, um, what is that one thing that you could share with our audience? Because our audience is, um, it's, a, it's a mixture. What, what, what would be that one piece of advice, that one thing? And I know you may, I can probably pull something out of everything that you said, which was very enriching to me. What, is, what would be that one thing that you would share with someone, um, that one piece of advice that they could take away from Les Allen? The first thing is just don't stop. If it's your goal or if it's what you, if you're doing what you love, you can't stop. You're gonna fall. Okay. You need to learn how to fall so that you don't kill yourself when you fall <laughs> and you can get right back up and continue down the road to get you to your goal or to continue doing what you love. So that will be the first step. If you don't think you can handle the fall, then you definitely want to just get a job because you're going to fall. You're going to have people throwing rocks at you. You're going to get hit. You're going to get run over by trucks. You just have to be, uh, you know, very resilient and understand that um, this is what you want to do and you're going to do it. And once you get to that point of doing it, you're going to be okay. And again, you have to, in order to, to get back up after getting beat, constantly, you absolutely have to love what you're doing. And at the same time, you can't chase money because if you're only chasing money, there's going to be a lot of other ways to chase, to get money uh, without getting beat. You're right, you're right. So, and I would all also share with the audience is um, if it were easy, everybody would do it. Yes, sir. And if you see people who are successful and they make it look easy, it's because you don't see what they're doing at two in the morning, six in the morning, um, off camera. Um, you don't see what they're doing. And when they get in front of the camera or they get in front of the interviewing folks, you know, they're built not to sweat. Right. So, just know that you have to be built not to sweat or if you are sweating to contain that sweat so that your clients or your enemies don't see that. I like that. I hope you'll, you'll, you'll allow me to kind of coin that. I'll give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> I like cool. that though. Les, I also wanted to ask you a little, go ahead. No, I've said I've borrowed several lines in my life. Okay. <laughs> Les, I also wanted to ask you just uh, about your company and what you're actually doing now. What type of work that you feel that you've retired into? Oh, I'm not retired. I'm I'm just working. But, well, you're but, just uh, working, but you love it. So you know, we're thinking that. Yeah, I love it. yeah. So you can do it forever now. Yeah, I can do it without without thinking of it as work um, because I love doing it. So what we do uh, with the Black Star Companies is, is basically we're a construction 
and energy services company. Um, we provide our our largest client, our, our most, um, I would say, our, yeah, our, our pretty, I just say our largest client uh, is the federal government. Um, so we provide construction services to many different branches of the federal government, uh, construction and energy services to many different branches of the federal government whether it be the Department of Army, the Department of Navy, um, FEMA, and other organizations or departments within the federal government. Um, so I deal with, with those type of clients uh, for that. And I also am doing some, uh, some energy efficient housing and uh, housing developments. And so, uh, just uh, looks like I'm about to get a deal with the group in uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Nice. So to do some work with them there. So uh, it just, I'm doing stuff that I just love to do. I love building. I've always loved doing remodels or building. And um, I, I've always had an, I will not always, but I've been fortunate enough to find people who are experts in that field that work with me. So um, I am not an engineer, I am not an architect, I am I am just a simple builder, but I have good teammates and they love what they're doing as well. So they don't mind me being out front getting shot first. <laughs> okay. Love it. Love it. Yeah, love it. So I, I want to, we want to thank you for actually joining us and we hope that you'll actually come again because you do have lots of um, pearls of wisdom, I do believe, to share with our audience. So thank you and we would love for you to come again. Anytime. Thank you so much, Les. Me. All right. Thank you very much, Pat Patrick and yes, Ms. Sir. Regina. Okay, thank you. Have a good night. Have a great night. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Jess Manning, for uh, joining us um, as we as we would like to just get a little background, um, I understand that your background is communications. And so I'm thinking that that is why and how you have arrived at the new agency, which is the 1120 agency, which is located in Atlanta, Georgia, correct? It is, yes. Okay. So just tell us a little bit how you got started. Um, <laughs> oh boy, it's been a journey. Um, I started my business in 2006 and um, had an opportunity to work with um, Burger King on a project where they were looking to uh, encourage more um, urban youth between the ages of 18 and 24 um, to come to the restaurants, um, specifically the Magic Johnson uh, owned restaurants at that time. So um, we created a campaign at the time. My business was called A-List Media. And we created a uh, campaign, uh, a sneaker uh, design campaign. And, um, you know, it was just a lot of fun. And I really was still working a job and was very um, happy in that career, but wanted to just kind of, you know, dip my toe in the water of um, being a uh, entrepreneur. 
and you know wanted to be able to do something that was a bit more creative and so that's really kind of how i got my start and it just kind of pro propelled from there i continued to work on various projects for companies that were looking to reach that younger consumer um but for for the most part the african-american multicultural consumer and so I've worked on campaigns for uh, Ford. I've worked on campaigns for Ford, for Lincoln, um, for um, various hair care products and brands. Um, I've just really been able to, I've been blessed to have been able to work on a lot of different things that were really um, fun for my culture and, and, and gave back and really celebrated our culture. And so um, that's been, you know, just an incredible experience for me. So where you are today, um, you're working more with women now. Um, so you've kind of changed the age group maybe? Was it the same age group? Um, still working with young women. Um, I'm working with an organization um, called Black Women's Health Imperative. Um, and one of the things that uh, we have the Black Women's Health Imperative has been around for almost 40 years and our audience is it, it varies from you know 17 years old on up and we we address a variety of different issues and so um, that's really pretty that's been a lot of fun for me uh, we work with a lot of uh, talent which I've been able to do a lot of in my own career um, being able to just marry um, entertainers and entertainment with corporate programming or corporate campaigns. Nice. Um, that's been a very unique experience. I was doing that a lot of that before influencer engagement really even was called influencer engagement. Mm -hmm. My agency now is probably primarily focused more on influencer engagement engagement. Um, as it pertains to working with uh, companies, um, that's probably about 60% of my business now. And then, um, you know, because of course I was working in public relations and doing a lot of that media relations, um, building out communications plans, all of those kind of things. But I've really kind of veered away from that. And it's been, um, you know, I still do a lot of that. Sorry. Uh, still do a lot of that, but have veered more into influencer engagement, talent um, outreach, and um, branding in terms of helping businesses and individuals. That's the progression mm -hmm. of what is happening. Um, communications right now is, is incredibly vital for every organization um, and company. Um, being able to, you know, really understand and help the world understand their key messages is you know where the power is right jess can i can i ask you a question and well before i ask you this question jess i want to i want to let you know you sound so enthusiastic about what you do oh thank you Say that. I, I enjoy it i do enjoy it it sounds like it the question that i have as a woman um were doors open for you or did you have to work as hard as a man to get to the position that you're in now? Definitely harder. 
Um, when I first started um, my business and decided I was going to really do it, like, you know, left my job, all of that, which I don't encourage anybody to do. <laughs> I, say work, <laughs> I say work yourself out of a job, then start your business um, because there's just so many unknowns. But there was at that particular time, there were a lot of, especially in Atlanta, there were a lot of men who were in positions of power, decision-making power in these various roles working. And so for lack of a better way to say this, you know, a lot of times the opportunities went to people that they knew and the people that they knew looked like them. They didn't look like me. They weren't women. There were a few of us who were doing work in PR, but we weren't getting the bigger contracts, if you understand what I'm saying. We weren't getting, there were only a few people who were getting the big contracts with, you know, Lexus and, you know, the automotive companies and then the soft drink companies and that kind of thing. There weren't a lot of us, a lot of women, black women especially, who were getting contracts in those spaces to do work. If they did, they get a little piece. And then of course, as they, they, you know, did really well in that with that piece that they got, they might get an opportunity to do something bigger. Right. And so you really had to know how to develop relationships. Um, you really had to know how to navigate around some of those folks who were um, in the in those decision making, um, you know, positions. Right. And you really had to show your worth, and you had to do it ten times better than somebody else who you know was in the that maybe had a lot or less experience than you did. Mm -hmm. And even if they looked at what you had already done they also they they still would say well you know what can you do How, what what can you can you do this for us and we got you know we got lowballed a lot we got lowballed in terms of quotes and things that were offered to us that we had already had experience in that we had the connections for that we really could bring you know more to the table on and you know it just we had to, we had to do we had to prove ourselves over and over again quite a bit. It was tough. Well, I appreciate that. That 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 was very inspiring to me. Um, good, as good. a as an entrepreneur myself, you know, I'm always open to equality um, when it comes to not just the the cultural but the, the ethnicity of utilizing both men and women because of their skill set. So I do appreciate that response. Well, I think that's important. Um, you know, I think it's important to be able to look at what someone has done, right. what they're doing, um, and then also be able to look at what, you know, how they handle certain things and, and, and given opportunities. You know, if you have an opportunity, there's nothing wrong with us having gotten a little piece of, of something to prove ourselves. What was wrong 
was when we had proved ourselves two or three times and we were still never considered right. for a bigger piece. That wasn't enough. Yeah, we were always, you know, and so I think when you see someone who is really growing and they're doing all the right things, they're investing in themselves, they're disciplined, they're, they're you know, putting things in place uh, for their business to grow, for them to be able to provide you with more resources. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's important to be able to, you know, acknowledge that and then be able to say, you know, I want you to take on a bigger role if, you know, if, if you think that they're ready for it. So yeah, I think that's important. You've, yeah, you've really answered like what my next question actually would be, which would be um, what, you know, uh, pearl of wisdom, I guess, that you would like to share, um, especially in, you know, maybe even to the, to our women, you know, audience, um, our female audience of entrepreneurs. In 30 and seconds or less. Everyone, and just to everyone. In 30 seconds or less. Yeah. In 30 seconds or less. Yeah. A um, couple things um, and, and learning and, and the time that we're in right now, um, I think one of the biggest things that you can do is invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that you can do is is that. Um, the second biggest thing that you can do is to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Know that what you have to offer is great. And if you don't feel that it is, you need to figure out in your own self-assessment or an assessment that you with some trusted mentors decide you know okay how can you be better at certain areas where you have weakness um those two things i think are the biggest are, are two of the biggest things i think the third thing that i would say which probably it should be the first thing is learning discipline and i'm still there i'm still not there i'm, I'm working on it yeah um i i i fall short a lot of times, but I'm getting better. And so my goal is to be, you know, this year going into 2021 is to really focus on being disciplined. I think that that makes the difference between you and your competition. Yeah. Um, I think that when you're disciplined, um, no one can outwork you because you are focused on what it is you need to get done. And I think those other two things will fall in place with that because when you're disciplined, you want to do more to be better. So you want to focus on how do I be better? So you invest in yourself. Um, and you can only invest in yourself if you believe in you. So those are my, those are 30 seconds or less. Well, you went over 30 seconds, but it's okay. Those are pearls of wisdom. And so we thank you so much for joining us and being part of this. And we'd love for you to come back at some point. I'd love to. Thank okay. you for having me. Thank you.